702. The Political Desk. Right, so we told you yesterday that uh, if the Constitutional Court ruled to allow independent candidates not affiliated to political parties to run for provincial legislatures and the National Assembly, it could be a game changer for our politics. How so? Well, you heard a query there just uh, before uh, I said all of this. Uh, Professor Richard Callan joins us now uh, to give us a, let's call it a dummy's guide for what lies our, ahead for our political system. Uh, he's, of course, a public law expert. Prof, always a pleasure to talk to you. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Bongani. First, it's important, I think, to note that the regime which uh, currently governs how we conduct our elections, uh, as, as far as I understand, was only ever meant to last for a short while, but I suppose it proved too sweet a tonic for the dominant parties. Well, politically, you're right. The electoral system that was chosen back in 1994 was uh, designed fit for purpose for that unique first election. It was a system of the greatest simplicity imaginable, designed to be accessible, designed to be as fair as possible, uh, and designed, I suppose, to give political parties the absolute driving speed in terms of the organization of that system. Of course, it was reviewed in the early 2000s with the Bantel Slavic Commission, and its report, which recommended a change and suggested that national and provincial uh, elections should be brought into line with the same mixed system that is employed at local government elections, where 50% of the seats are ward seats of directly elected ward councillors. But that never happened, and that report has simply gathered dust. And one of the impacts, and perhaps the most significant impact of yesterday's decision, is that when Parliament over the next two years, and the court has given it two years to fix the law that they said is unconstitutional, the Electoral Act of 1998, uh, when Parliament considers how to do that, one of the things it would need to do, I think, is consider the whole electoral system, and it has an opportunity now to do so. Well, let's talk about um, the mixed system, the hybrid system that uh, has now become a buzz phrase, right? Uh, which, of course, means that we've got, um, we would have uh, the idea of proportional representation. Uh, now, the idea there is that we want to accommodate as many voices as possible, uh, but at the same time, uh, it lacks the direct accountability of a constituency-based system, which is a winner-takes-all. So if we go back to that Fonseil Slubbard report, where is the sweet spot? Well, the sweet spot that Francis Labert uh, identified is the one where you have the fairness that comes with proportionality, where every vote counts. So if you get 10% of the votes, you get 10% of the seats. It's as simple as that. Secondly, it means there is no real threshold to entry. Uh, If you can get a quarter of a percentage point, which is about 50,000 votes in the last couple of elections, then you get at least one seat in Parliament. That's a very fair system. However, the complaint about it is that, as you say, there isn't enough accountability, that uh, parties are too uh, strong, that they are gatekeepers, and that the electorate isn't able directly to hold individual members of Parliament to account. Uh, Now, the question, of course, is whether the system which includes direct representation at local government election is any more accountable than at national and provincial level. And I think we need to be very careful at assuming that that change, if it was to come, would be a game changer. Now, the other thing to remember, Bongani, is the court hasn't required that change. All the court has said yesterday 
is that Section 19 of the Constitution has been infringed, uh, that the limitation on the right to stand for election as an individual independent candidate, free of any political party, uh, has not been justifiably uh, limited. Uh, and therefore, in future elections at provincial and national level, individual independent candidates will be able to stand. Is that a game changer? Frankly, no, because uh, the barriers to entry in terms of competition and the expense of running an election campaign are great. And if you're an individual without a party behind you, the chances of mustering those 50,000 seats, unless you're a kind of celebrity, uh, 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 so 50,000 uh, sorry votes across the country in order to win at least one, the one seat you would need, um, is, is uh, very unlikely. But that's why I think Parliament will have to, if it's thinking intelligently about this, consider uh, an overall shift in the, in the system of, of, of elections to incorporate a direct ward elections. It doesn't make sense to have independent uh, candidates running for office unless they are, uh, can be chosen by a specific geographic area yeah. to represent that constituency in Parliament. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, I think it's important that you raise the effectiveness of what uh, we have seen in local government. I mean, that's where uh, a lot of abuses of power and, mis- and mismanagement of money, for example, occur. Uh, and the hybrid system doesn't seem to have had uh, the effect people are hoping it will on the national stage. Uh, but just finally, if we look at our National Assembly, what we're looking at, 400 members or thereabouts, uh, if we were to have a mixed system, uh, would it be a, a 50-50% split? How would it work? How would Parliament have to change in order uh, to meet uh, yesterday's uh, decision? Well, there are many different ways of cutting that particular cake. Uh, and there are uh, as many electoral systems uh, out there as you and I have had hot dinners from Darwin. Uh, frankly, and, and in a sense, that flexibility is useful for a country because it can pick uh, precisely the electoral system that it thinks best suits its context. But what Van Selklabert recommended was basically the German system where half the seats are directly elected and the other 50% of seats are topped up using a PR uh, basis principle. And you've got to remember that the Constitution as it currently uh, positions itself says that the election the electoral system must result generally in a proportional representation result. So unless the the parliament is willing to change the constitution, that principle still has to be adhered to. That means that you end up with a PR result that maybe 50% of the seats are directly elected. Now the reason, if I've got time to make this last point, the reason why the ANC uh, reviled from that kind of electoral system back in uh, 94, because they feared this thing. They feared less diversity. They feared that if the uh, ward councils, sorry, if the ward candidates were to be chosen by the local ANC party, you would end up with less diversity because they would be more likely to pick overall black African men. And that was their point. Not my point, that was the ANC point. And they feared that 50% of the seats would be uh, that kind of demographic and that the PR top-up would then be used for uh, minority candidates, women, Colored, Indian, uh, and so on. And the effect of that would be to take, create two classes of members of parliament, those directly elected who might be able to claim greater legitimacy and those who are kind of top-up uh, MPs. And that, that they thought might be unfortunate. That was their reason back in 94. It may well be that the ANC still believes that that is good reason for sticking with yeah. the current system. We'll see what happens. Two years uh, is the time they've been given to fix it. Public law expert, Professor Richard Calland.